Welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke in studio with Chris Flower today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Happy Friday. Yeah, it's a, it's a much needed Friday. Are you still riding your bike? I haven't ridden my bike in a week and a half. Not not a single time? I thought you went out Wednesday to do a ride. I was going to, but I didn't. It, it was raining on Wednesday. I know, and you berated Kurt and I for not showing up. Eh, I didn't show up either. Oh, well, how do you know we didn't show up? Just guess. All right, well, <laughs> Chris is in studio uh, office. Um, Kurt is not here, but we're going to go through a few things. Um, little NCNCA roundup, bar bat, season ending results, world championship results, highlights, winners and losers of the NCNCA and world tour. And some things that make you go, hmm, you you ready to do this? Always. Let's go. All right. Back to bike riding real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Since that's what we, we talk about it, but we also ride. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not lately. So, so we did a team campish thing up Is in Tahoe. that what Ta- that was? A party <laughs> okay. up in Tahoe. Uh, I think I've ridden twice since then. I might be in a really similar state. I think I came back from that camp thinking I was out of shape. I should really ride more and get into shape. I did like a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night ride, and that was that was the end of it. Yeah, I was taping into it, like kind of rested, and then yeah. we didn't ride and because I was thinking we were going to do a big slog of miles. of it had nothing. Yeah. It's, it's off season. It's it, okay. it is, and I'm enjoying it, And um, but I'm kind of miserable too because I'm eating really well i'm doing some off-season eating training yeah you're working on the descending weight (laughs) right got that going okay so ncnca uh you know the season's over um a lot of good stuff we have we have the the men's and women's the bar and the bat when you want to explain what each one of those are i'll do my best i don't know if i'll do it any justice so there's a bar and a bat so the bar is best all around rider and they break it up into each category so p12 uh, 35, one, two, three, 45, one, two, three. They also do a spring and a fall version for the men's and women's, I think cat three and cat four. Correct. Uh, so there's, there's good variety there. And then there's also the bat, which is the best all around team. They break that up into categories. I think the same as the, the bar categories. And then I think they also do a collective best all around team. And I think that incorporates all the categories, all the season into one kind of team award. So they, uh, tabulate all those results throughout the year um, I think a lot of the points get rolled down to like 20th place so if you're you know not that we would advocate sprinting for 20th but if you're trying to chip away at bar points you know always trying to put yourself in a good place is a good idea well I don't know yeah I mean this is a good reason to sprint for 20th uh, is there a good reason to sprint for 20th bar and bat that's okay the, that's good, a good reason so uh, like I said I think the only categories that get broken up into a spring and fall are the three and four. Everybody else, I think, gets rolled in throughout the entire year. So season's over. So the uh, the kind folks at the NCNCA um, uh, statistics workshop have put together the the end results for um, for bar and bat. So how do, how do things look for the P one two? Yeah, we'll we'll get onto that, and then they do a, a, a banquet. Do they on the twentieth? The twentieth. Uh, I think it's. I think it's by invitation only. So I'm not sure if you're going. I didn't get an invite, and I'm busy. I'm trying day. to do a. I heard you had a golf <laughs> tournament. Uh, I'm trying to do. Well, I contacted. I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to work it out where I'm actually going to go. Uh, just to kind of do. You know, if everyone hasn't gone before, I'll check it out. See how the food is. Um, do a little podcast from there. Talk to some people. See. You know, there's some people here. If you're if you're honored and you're gonna show up. 
I guess they said, uh, I guess maybe I'm not supposed to say who the, the guest person is, but there's going to be a big time cyclist showing up. So. Is there um, a prize for best NCNCA themed podcast? Um, I think you I should. don't even know if we'd win that, but uh, might be in the least, running. Least, <laughs> I was gonna say at least we'll be in the running. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Well, if so, I'll get up and get a real teary-eyed. Uh, a, a, congr- what is it? An award speech before maybe before they cut the music off. You really, really like me. That type yeah. Of thing. yeah. I, I think you can definitely fill up some airtime with that. All That'd right. Be good. Well, let's let's get into here. So uh, we'll just kind of cruise through. Um, you can go to the NCNCA webpage, look under the Barbat under the results, and check it out. But I thought we'd just call out a few. Um, I, I listed for our little notes here uh, some top twenties, uh, top fives. There's some other groups. If you see some you want to talk about specifically, uh, we can go through that. But let's do the top five here, and then we can even call out a few others in and uh, starting with the P12. Um, so in fifth place, Chris Coble of the Olympic Club. I also mean, a masters racer. Also a masters racer, but he won. I mean, I think. What really helped him? Well, you got to get quite a few points, but what really helped him here, obviously, was the the road race. Yeah, he won districts, districts in the P one two, so that that really probably helps. Uh, But masters champion as well. I mean, the guy's quite the the stud. Justin Polson in fourth for cycle sport, young guy, short guy, sprinter. Does it looks like a climber, but it's not. Uh, I think he won the uh, the fixie crit as well at uh, San Rafael Twilight. That's right. So we talked came about him some, some cash there. Uh, Robert Skinner, Team Mike's Bikes, which was a late acquisition for him. He might have only done one race for them. Do they get points for the team then for the whole season? Probably not. I have no idea how that works. You know, I, I'm sure it's it's the smart ad on their part because really I think well he was their top racer based on these results. Right. Uh, number two, Josh Carlin, Oak Valley Community Bank Elite Cycling Team. We had them in and talked to uh, Matt Tufts at the beginning of the season and also chat along. Uh, and the winner goes to be uh, Jeff Linder with Tarun Elite. Jeff looks Lind- like he had a, a pretty good um, winning margin there. 260 points to Josh's 224. So well done. Yeah. And you look at there, uh, John Franz in sixth place, one point uh, away from tying Chris Colville for fifth. Uh, about a nine points there for four. Anyway, those other guys were, were a little closer. What could have been, huh? Any any there in the top 20 that kind of grab your attention? Uh, I mean, like I see Chris Reichert at 14th. It seems like he just picks a few races, wins them, and then kind of doesn't do a full season in the NCNCA. Right. Yeah, and um, Stephen Vogel, 11th. He was the uh, crit district champion. Right. He and um, Justin Thompson, also from Tarun Elite, down in 17th. They broke away early in that race and, and put on one heck of a show. So, Yeah, and we'll we'll see them probably. And uh, Robert Terra, 13th. That's pretty good for him. He was uh, consistently up there helping uh, Josh. Matt Michael, who's a master's racer but rides for Tarun. Uh, well done for him. So check those out if you want. Matt Chetleong, uh 20th place. Way to pop in there. I think I was, from when I looked at the points, dead last. Nice. Well done. Yeah, one Lantern point. Rouge, the, is that what that is? Uh, yeah, and um, I think you and Kurt were actually, and Stefan, I don't know about you, but I know Kurt and Stefan were above me. Hey. So you guys placed in there. Well done. Nice. Uh, elite threes we're looking at. Well, we've already talked about, I think, the spring results in right. a past show. So let's look at the summer, which I think is looks like it's June through end of September. Um, well, just before you go, you can see uh, Crichton Gruber and Jeff Scott. I don't know if Jeff even raced after the spring. No. And Crichton moved up to a two, I believe. So a lot of the guys on that spring list, uh, I believe, upgraded. Right. Yacht was on there. Stefan's on there. They all moved up. Yeah. Um, But anyway, um, so Cat 3, summer, fall, 
top five guys. We're looking at uh, Alexi Gabuyo. Uh, no You're going from listed. one down. Interesting. Just right. throw off you the want, suspense. Yeah. Just sorry. keep going now. I just let well, everyone I'll, know that's number one. That's number one. I'll go to number three this time just to keep wow. it mixed Weird. up. No. Second place was uh, David Michael Sweet, Sunpower Racing. Third place, Stefan Hoffman, San Jose Bike Club. Fourth place is uh, Andy Garzoli from Main Street Elite Cycling. Uh, they put on the Lakeport Crit. Correct. And then fifth place was Matthew Hepworth, also from Sun Power Racing. So well done to those guys. Yeah, good job. Maybe we'll see some of those uh, in the summer, or in the spring, and then popping up. Uh, Elite Fours, we did the same thing where they have a spring and summer. Uh, let's just do the top five there on the summer. Uh, Giovanni Stefani. Don't know where... Uh, what team he rides for Richard Jones, SJBC, uh, James Dadula, Penvelo, Michael Gibbs, Gilson of the Olympic club and Cam Juarez of Dolce Vita freewheel PB SL two. Nice. All right. Done guys. Moving on masters. So this one was a little, uh, hard fought and you'd mentioned, um, well, the top two are pretty interesting in here. Go ahead with, you want to do the top five there? Yeah, we can do the top five. But again, this is a, I think this is a pretty hotly contested field overall. So I think this one rewards consistent racing. So fifth place was Jeremy Cottle with uh, Touchstone Racing. Fourth place, David Allen with Mike's Bikes. Third place, Sam Benedict, also with Mike's Bikes. Second place, Chris Coble, Olympic Club. So he's uh, well represented there in the Elite 1 2 and the 35 plus 1 2 3. And the, uh, Bar winner for the year is uh, David Grunman with Team uh, Tarun Leet. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I should. I'm not surprised, but I was. I was actually surprised uh, that Colbel didn't win. But it's not a surprise that Grunman. I mean, he's right. he's he's good in his own right. Inge- uh, solid. Oh, I added in Travis Retzer, our teammate, top 21 there. Hey, so good for him. Nice. Uh, kind of interesting though. I don't remember Sam Benedict too much previous, but he. I don't know if he's a new Masters. Uh, I think he's a younger guy. Younger guy. He, he has a good kick. And another one that came in, I think we're going to see him on your Josh Wood. It'd be interesting to see if he pokes his head a little bit more into the uh, the Masters fields coming up. Yeah. Good sprinters. Right. Um, so Cat 4, they have a summer and, and spring as well. We'll just rip off the top ones there. Uh, fifth place, Matthew Brill, Cognition, Michael Dessa of Team Fremont, Shy Traster, no team, Cole Rasmussen of Red Peloton, and Greg Kennedy of Berkeley Bike Club. I'm, I'm not aware of any of those guys, but um, good for them getting up there in your points. And hopefully those guys will be uh, moving up soon. Yeah. 45, one, two, three men. Um, it's another strong field. And uh, yeah. A lot of really good racers in here. It looks like uh, fifth place is Richard Nichols with um, Race for Research, I believe. Fourth place, Rick Reinhardt, uh, a local guy, a regular on the Wednesday night race ride. And the state or slash district champ for the 49 or above, whatever that is. Sure. It's above the, the whatever one I was in, 45 to 49, and okay. he's above that. So. so he's in the 50 to 54? Is that what it is? I don't know. Their five year it sounds break, like so. it sounds like the the math works out. Yeah. Um, you sure they don't do like a forty five and a half? I mean, our lifespans are getting. It's <laughs> true, ahead. Uh, but yeah, district champion, right in the criterium, right? right. So he's got uh, a cool jersey to wear around town. Um, third place, Sean Smith, also with R for R. Second place, Chris Ott with Pete's Coffee, and uh, number one on the list here is Jerome Nadal from Thirsty Bear. Three hundred eleven points for Jerome. Second place was Chris Ott at two forty one. 
third place was 213. So Jerome really uh, distanced himself out quite well there, but he always does. I mean, I, you know, with the, all the, the bar bat stuff, it's you get a crit rider, you, you could pretty much the, the, get some results. You're going to take Yeah, this. definitely. Uh, like I said, it rewards consistency. Consistency. Some other names on here that kind of jump out would be uh, 12th place, Jason Grafath from Thirsty Bear. He came in and talked to us at the start of the year and, right. and talked about his team. Uh, a couple other local guys, Chris Baker. <laughs> From Touchstone, Scotty Fonseca from Audi at seventh. So a lot of a lot of good. Seventeenth, Scott Giles, who's a district champ in the forty-five, forty-nine. I guess we just determined. Yeah, road race, right? Uh, crit. Oh, okay. Uh, former um, road race national champion, I think two thousand fifteen. Yeah, so impressive. And fan. I think he won the Chico Road Race. Yeah, he's, plus. he can he can he can race well. Time trial. Uh, ooh, what else do we have here? This. Spring, summer, 45s, Masters. We'll just... Michael Dessa uh, won that in Team Fremont. John Sullivan in second. Bob Corman in third. And the last one for the men's, the 55, 1, 2, 3, 4. Wow. Go through there. Uh, Joe Foster won that for Thirsty Bear. Uh, somewhat of a tight race with Matthew Tethrick of Team Hammer Nutrition and Tim Davis in third with Cycle Sport. Anybody catch your interest there? Uh, Kevin Metcalf, Larry Nolan, um, eight, tenth, and eighth respectively. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think we talked to Larry at uh, the Chico. We did. Criterium. So good to evidently, see him he has some list. national championship uh, stripes. Yeah, I think that's kind of their part of their team name there as well. They're the California <laughs> national champion, so they got a couple guys in the top. That's why we there. can't go on that. All right, let's go to the women. Uh, strong racing field for the P one twos. Yeah, definitely. Uh, got some points going there. This is a pretty impressive one for us. Let's start with uh, fifth place. You want to do those? Yeah. So again, if you looked at the the race results throughout the year, the, the top five were always right there. I think you yeah, probably see ones. these five in the top five almost every time. Fifth place was Casey Myers from Chico Cycling. Fourth place is uh, Marissa Axel from JL Velo Cycling. Uh, third place, Melanie Wong. No team listed, but I believe she's with Mike's Bikes and did some guest riding with... Um, Point S racing. It's right. one of the bigger races. Colorado. Uh, second place is Hannah Mugu with DNA Cycling. And first place is Ellie Velez. No team listed, but I know she also did um, Colorado with um, so did Hannah. Amy D Foundation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she, uh, Hannah was with uh, Amy D, but I mean, there, at least those three were all out there guest riding. Correct. Yeah. Uh, 235 points to 223 to 190. So those, and then the next one's 124. But I mean, those, those three were always in the mix and uh, made it for good, really good racing throughout the year. And, and, you know, Eleanor, we, we ride with her on Wednesdays her yep. and her dad, and uh, she's pretty strong. Incredibly been, strong. Yeah. Good to see. She works with, or she had at least with Matt chat. Yeah. Um, what are we out here? Women's summer. Summer. You want to do those as well? Top three sure. at least. Yeah, we can do top five. We've got uh, fifth place, Christina Davis, San Jose Bike Club. Uh, looks like uh, Kate John Nickel from San Jose Bike Club in fourth. Ariel Little from Sun Power Racing in third. Eleanor Wiseman from She Spoke Racing in second. And Haley Nielsen, from, also from She Spoke Racing, in first. Okay. Women's four summer. Um, there was only five. Uh, maybe at least I only put five in here. Um Rebecca Bermudez, she spoke. Emily Weiss, no team. Ariana Pascarella, no team. Fnu Novita, no team. Madeline Franchetti, she spoke. Uh, and then we'll just do the last one here with the women. Uh, women's 35, 1, 2, 3. Jennifer, uh, let's start with fifth. 
Meredith Stowe Christie, Thirsty Bear. I don't know. Women, uh, Thirsty Bear had a women's team. Yeah. Jennifer Wong, Thirsty Bear. Sarah Leeper, uh, Cycle Sport. Amy Moore, She Spoke. She Spoke. And Ivy Wang, J.L. Bello. You know, I do remember that now when um, uh, Grafath came in and talked about women's teams and that they uh, trained together. But Right. They yeah. didn't allow them to travel together because I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> team rules. Yeah, team rules. Uh, so that's that's the bar for the year. So well done for everybody that uh, that came out, raced a lot, and got some uh, stellar results. Yeah, we thought we'd mention that. I mean, look, these people uh, race all season. Yeah. Uh, give them some credit here. You know, they're going to be able to go to the banquet, have have a, a good time there, get honored. I think it's maybe on the top three that they're they're mm. showing off at the banquet. But um, Either way, it's it's uh, it's something that they worked at, and obviously it's a lot of work. So yeah. uh, now the bat, um, we weren't going to go through all of these either. We'll just pick out a few and start with the top five. This are well, I think for P one two we should 17? start at top seventeen. Okay. I mean that's I think that's the most relevant. A little disappointing that top seventeen we have uh, that's data driven athlete at twenty eight, <laughs> three points away from Touchstone Racing, <sighs> thirty one points. I mean, right there, right was that one race Kurt sat up? Must have been yeah, three points. Oh. Buddy. See, you race for twentieth. You, you, you race for twentieth, Chris. You get you get a surpassed touchstone racing. Um, Close. Anyway, top five. Uh, fifth place was um, Team Mike's Bikes Development Team. Um, fourth place, Cycle Sport Specialized Muscle Milk. Third place, Oak Valley Community Bank. Second place, Team Mike's Bikes Elite. And um, overall, P one two Bat is uh, Tarun Elite. Pretty big margin for the win there. Yeah, 845 to 633 to 399, down to 28 points for yeah. Data Driven. Uh, now, they started out, Land Park wrote it. I mean, they, they pretty much took the lead that day. I don't know if they ever relinquished. I wouldn't think so because I think, yeah, Land Park, Justin, or Cal Aggie, Justin Thompson rode away solo sorry. and that was setting it up. I think for they the, had two the in win. that. Did they have two in that, great, in that break? I mean, I know some, some things happened with. Uh, yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was a great season by them, uh, especially Jeff Linder. Obviously, he wins the, the the bar, and the team wins the bat. It's pretty impressive. Matt Michaels in there. I mean, they have some other good riders. Obviously, Grunman, right? Who obviously, helped them a lot because uh, he he took the the thirty five. That's really impressive. How's their women's team? Do they have one? I, don't I haven't read them. So. I didn't see their names pop up yet. Right. So, uh, you want to go? Any other ones? To, in there interesting i mean some of these teams that are you know the midway they're they're, they're like masters teams um so this is a p12 okay so the elite three. i think there might be i don't know this might be a little controversial to bring up but looking like at the it. numbers it seems like there might be some tabulation errors because chris coble alone has 148 points in the p12 well does it correspond over like that it must right i don't know i mean unless he was riding by himself on a couple of those we days. got 28 points Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying, Chris Coble alone has 148 right. points, but his team only has 65. How does that work? Because he's on the team, so they should have at least his amount of points, right? Right. So maybe so, it's it's not. I don't know. I don't know. These these seem pretty unofficial at this point. Uh oh. Well, these were as of what 9:24, so maybe we're still working them out. Um. Anyway, Elite Three team, um, Penn Velo in third, Sunpower in second, and TMB Development in. Uh, first place, so that's pretty impressive. They were up there in the top with the P12s. Yeah. The fours, uh, somewhat similar. TMB development in third. Dolce Vita in second. Sunpower in first. I and feel like in the in the next field here, Masters 35, 1, 2, 3, I feel like 
data-driven athlete perform much better. That's kind of our our sweet spot for racing. We pulled in eighth place. Right. Not too shabby. No. I mean, we were points. nipping at the heels of Mike's bikes, who took the win at 919 <laughs> points. So I think if we had sprinted for 20th uh, a few more times there, right. we've been right in it. Right. Well, I know Scott Cox left that team mid-season, so I, you know. They, I hope they lose his points. I don't think they. I think they get him while you're at it. You know, yeah. you're on that team. All right. A little disappointing. So fifth on that uh, in the thirty-five, one, two, three, Thirsty Bear with three hundred thirteen points. Fourth is Tarun Elite with four hundred seventy points. Third is Touchstone Racing with five hundred ten points. Uh, second is Pete's Coffee with six hundred twenty-one points, and first, like I said, is uh, Mike's Bikes with nine hundred nineteen points. Yeah, well done. Uh, on the Cat Four, or, sorry, thirty-five Cat Four. There's no surprise the the winner on this one, but CBRE gets third. Um, some power in second, and then revs. I know uh, with the win, uh, team revs race presented by Kinetic Cycles, 180 points. They uh they kept they had a lot of like podium sweeps and multiple guys in the podium in those categories. Quite they often did, yeah. Well done. 45, one, two, threes. Uh, we could go five on that. Cortex, fifth. Touchstone in fourth. Pete's in third. Thirsty Bear in second. And R4R Make a Wish won that going away. Look at that. I haven't seen That's them. a big win. Yeah. Yeah. 1,119 points. And I did talk to, uh, chatted with Scott Bromstead on their team. And uh, I'm going to try to find a time to sit down and talk to him fully for a podcast. I mean, they, they won that. They deserve to have some recognition that way. And um, good guy anyway. It would be good to talk to him about uh, just racing in general. Did you do any 45 races this year? Yeah, I did. Other than uh, districts? Uh, I want to say I did. But every yeah. time we were doing things, it was, you know, crits. A lot of times I went 35 just to make sure I was racing with you guys. Gotcha. So okay. I really sacrificed my chances. Yeah, I mean, I think you alone could have eked out 1,120 points. I could have got one of those numbers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about uh, 45 Cat 4s? Sure. We've got uh, fifth place, Victory Velo. Fourth place, Team Fremont. Third place, Revs. Second place, Rio Strada, local guys. And a big win here, Penn Velo, 215 points to Rio's 96. So. Well, you know, you get with those, those people are moving up categories. So That's you, true. You know, it's hard to. Yeah. Ooh, this next one. This is a really tightly uh, run race. So this this brings into question. Uh, I wanted to get you some audit requests on this one because you're, <laughs> you're worried about the tabulation. So call yeah. them out. Uh, 55 plus one, two, three, four. Fifth place is uh, Body Concepts. Fourth place, Cycle Sport. Third place, Cal Nats. Second place is Clean Power Cycling, presented by Tesla, with 455 points. And the winner is Thirsty Bear Cycling, with 456 points. One point difference. Sprinting for 20th. Matters, apparently. I uh, know. And, and even, um, so you look there, third place was 380, so they weren't close to second. Uh, well, they were, but not really. And they had a good distance to fourth, which was 185. So there was, and then fourth place was, fifth place was 179. So six points between fifth and fourth, and then one point between first and second. So a good battle. Yeah, definitely. I don't see a data-driven athlete on that list. Why? I don't think we have any qualified athletes for that field. No. Let's go uh, through the women's P12 bat results. Yeah. So we'll go, uh, we'll go top five. Fifth place is Chico Cycling Team. Fourth place is Cycle Sport Specialized. Third place, JL Velo Cycling. Second place is Mike Bikes. Mike's Bikes. And uh, first place goes to Jack Roo. Well done. Yeah, good stuff for them. 
It looks uh, like a Jack Rube, not a huge win, 295 to 269. So they're they're keeping it competitive. Yeah, and, and Mike's bikes had a, a it'd be interesting. Well, that's just is good, good competition there. Uh, okay, women's threes, Razzle Dazzle in fifth, Sun Power Racing in fourth, SJBC in third, JL Velo second, and She Spoke Racing in first. Okay, we got two more categories here. What do you got? Uh, women's four. Davis Bike Club, fifth, fourth place, JL Velo, third place, SBJC, second place, Breakaway Women's Racing, and first place, She Spoke Racing. So She Spoke must um, have just some lower category, fairly a uh, few of them there, because I didn't really see them up in the upper range. Doesn't mean they don't, but right. sometimes you get like a more of a development team that, yeah. And it's, which, that's what's great about cycling all the different categories. You know, you get to do your thing and you get to have your competition within here. Right. And if, let's say, you're just not interested in moving up and you just want to hang around and, you know, you got your own training methods and you're not. Yeah. Hey, that's, what's, that's what makes it fun. Definitely. Women's 35, one, two, three. Want to do this? Yeah. Fifth place, we've got a CA Technologies. Fourth place is the San Jose Bike Club. Third place, She Spoke Racing. Second place is Thirsty Bear Cycling. And the winner is JL Velo Cycling. Uh, yeah, congratulations to everybody. And, and then I think the final award here that they tabulate goes to the overall bat. So basically accumulating all the points from all the fields to name kind of the, the best team in the land. Right. And does this combine men's and women's everything? It looks like it does. Because yeah. yeah. that's the way I got it from. Yeah. Did I you check those so. numbers to make sure they're correct? So there was a little bit of chatter about that early on in the year because like Mike's Bikes, for example, they've got Mike's Bikes, but then they also have Mike's Bikes development team. And there was some confusion as to whether or not Mike's Bikes was getting the Devo team points rolled into their total points. And uh, I think initially they were, but supposedly that was cleared up and resolved. So I I believe these numbers should be accurate. They're separated here. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen the uh, audit on this, but uh, you want to... Drum roll and present top five best area team standings overall. I, I'm going to declare the results invalid just from initial glance because I don't see us in the top 20 here. Right. So, Let's I mean, that's, go to the next topic. Yeah, this is ridiculous. No, that sounds um, about right. All right. So fifth place, San Jose Bike Club with 1,828 points. Fourth place is Sun Power Racing with 1,863 points. Third place is Penn Vela with 1,961 points. Second place is Thirsty Bear with 2,065 points. And the winner with a pretty big win is Mike's Bikes with 2,609 points. So wow. pretty cool to see. Uh, not surprising that Mike's Bikes would win. They had a great season and they had uh, team members across all fields. But cool to see uh, a predominantly Masters team come in second place there. So Yeah, totally. Anybody uh, can win. Anybody can win. And well, except for us, we're not on that list. No, we could have won. Right. We would have had maybe 20 some points. I was just looking at R for R, R for R, uh, make a wish, 1379 points. I mean, that's almost all from there, if it's tabulated the way you think it is, yeah. all from that one master's group. Right. Pretty impressive. So I think that's it for, for bar and bat. So that. I think puts a bow on the end of the the road racing season. So right. uh, aside from you going to the banquet, assuming you get your, uh, <laughs> invitation. your invitation. I haven't received it yet. Uh, mm. Excuse me. Mm. Uh, I reached out last night. Uh, no. Yeah. And then it crosses starting. I think actually this weekend they're doing uh, 
tomorrow and Sunday in Sacramento, two cross races already starting. Yeah. So hopefully we won't have any, um, you know, announcer taboos issues. I don't right. know if you heard about that. I, I heard some rumblings on, on the Instagram. Do you want to talk about that? We can get into that. Uh, Is that later, later on? on? You, I think you? so. Okay. Yeah. That, hey, that's called a teaser Ooh. in the business. Probably Let's cut not. to a break. Okay. Speaking of a break, we can take one right here. I, I just, uh, you know, we've uh, been in connection. We haven't pushed it very much, but um, uh, Health IQ, yes, sponsor of this show. This week, my wife wanted to check into health ins- uh, health insurance, uh, life insurance. Okay. So I said, hey, healthiq.com slash btw. Yeah. And she said, what? <laughs> so I sent her the link. Okay. <laughs> and she actually, she went through the process. We're getting quotes. Good. Uh, and it uh, gives you like five or six different ones. Really easy. I mean, they, they were able to take, you know, health, uh, weight, height, something like that. And they're like, oh, you know, you guys fall in these parameters. You probably don't even need your Strava results. But if so, we'll, we'll end up doing that. Um, my wife doesn't have Strava, but she goes to the gym. She works out so she's fit as well. Uh, Anyway, good process, and you know, look, there's we were through. There's a lot of masters racing out here. Yeah, you don't know what can happen to you. That's true. Check it out, healthiq.com/slash/btw, and you'll support the show. Hopefully, someone else will support this show. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't have my wife necessarily sign up to see if we get uh, any benefit out of that. No. Um, but you know, she is using her maiden name. We'll see. We'll see how that, <laughs> we'll see how that works. All right. Smart. Yeah, of course. Uh, next on the itch. Okay. So we had world championships. I, I did a podcast breakout here, uh, this last week posted, um, where I talked about, I didn't go over the world championships much cause I wanted to have you guys come in and I talked about commuting and some, some other things peripheral, but I wanted to talk to you guys about the world championships and kind of just do a quick breakdown of some of the, the, the different fields that we had there. Um, yeah. so Innsbruck, Austria, what'd you think of it? <sighs> I enjoyed it. I think the big challenge that I have with it is just um, the timing of it is is difficult to really catch it live unless you're really dedicated and you want to wake up at 3 a.m. on the West Coast. It did here, seem so. a little earlier. Than- yeah, I think it did. But I mean, that, that goes with the territory. It's it, it's in Austria, so it's going to be slightly different time zone there. But other than that, I mean, it was it was a really cool event. Um, I always enjoy Worlds. It's a good way to end the season. And it's it's good exciting racing it's interesting to see the race strategies played out um not from a trade team perspective but from a a country-based perspective just kind of see guys who rarely race together come together and try to uh try to put a a plan together so it's it's interesting to see it's it's different so many little interesting dynamics that that you just talked about there because you have guys some of those smaller countries that may not, they may not have a U.S. for right. example. Who are they going to support, right? So you were saying, oh, it looked like Sepp Kuss was helping uh, Roglic at one point. Why not? Yeah, yeah. But then you have the Italians who I think they go full into this, so they're on the front doing the work. I mean, they're it's a it's a failure if you're not going to win, right? Right. And they didn't win. Yeah. So they- and it's it's tough too because if you are like say you're going in the last climb and this is just a totally hypothetical situation, you're going into it with seven guys and three of them are from your same country. It's it's not the same as the trade team where the trade team's gonna work for one guy. Ideally the country will work for one guy, but there's a little bit of selfishness in there where it's like, well, maybe I can 
maybe not go all out for so-and-so. And if I've got some legs at the end, I can win. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to win a world championship. And I could see some guys maybe losing a little bit of that dedication to the team leader as they're coming into the finish. Right. Because all season long, you're not still with that team. Right. Um, and it, you know, it depends. Like if you're with the, I'm just going to use the Italians as an example, because it getting selected is tough for them. Yeah. So you may not do that with an Italian team if you're on that, because you're going to risk your selection possibly the next year. Right. But if you're just a little bit smaller, maybe Dutch, um, which you still have some chances, maybe you do that because that guy's not on your team. You're not going to be hearing about it all year. Screw it. You know? Yeah, that's true. All right. So we had started the, this, the, the, uh, the week off. In, first of all, Innsbruck was gorgeous to see. And I kind of liked it. It reminded me uh, last year of uh, the Norway. We have a little smaller town. It's not these, you know, big, ugly roads and cool little, you know, area to look at there. So, have the team time trial, we have time trials, and then we have road races. So I saw like the women, the juniors, they started in rain. But other than that, I saw good weather for the most of the time there. Yeah, it was definitely uh, sunny skies. It was probably a, a welcome change for everybody. So yeah. um, last team time trial, I think, that they're doing, at least as of this format with the trade teams. I, I that's that's my understanding. As a matter of fact, I was under the impression last year was the end, but obviously not. And I heard that there's some idea from the UCI to roll out a mixed gender relay format moving forward. I don't know anything about it beyond glancing at a headline. So it looks like there'll be some type of team time trial in the future, but just relay. a this totally is, different format. Are they going to pass the baton? This, I have no this idea. I, would, I, I can't wait to see. Water bottle. I think they have to pass the water bottle. <laughs> this is going to be ugly. Yeah. You know, it's bad enough in the Olympics, like uh, track and field where they're dropping the baton. Right. Um, but yeah, water bottle. That'd be interesting. Maybe it's uh, like throw. I don't think you can throw it. That's uh, not allowed. I don't know. Something. Uh, oh, anyway, so that was covered in the headline. Right. No throwing the water bottle. So team, let's start with the, let's start with the uh, team time trial. Uh, quickly with the men's and the women's, the trade teams that, that go off, which is, once again, it's interesting how you're all countries, but then you're doing team time trial, it's trade team, which I think is a better deal than doing the countries because yes. you at least have a chance. Right, because some and, countries, you know, it's it's a financial burden to try and send a whole TT crew out there. Well, well exactly. And a matter of fact, when you're watching this, there's a bunch of teams I've never heard of before uh, on the start ramp, local team, you know, because it's a little more like Raleigh's not going to go up there. At least I don't think they did. No, they but they not. have gone to the world championships in the team time trial before. So you have a lot of little smaller continental right. teams in Europe going, uh, which they don't, you know, it's just a chance for them to ride. Um, anyway, so last few years you've had quick step BMC and what Sunweb winning yes, it. Right. And this year you have, um, you know, I was watching it and Mitchell and Scott starts out red hot. I mean, they're, they're leading all the time tracks, time checks and at the end they're they're down a minute and mm. quick step gets the gets the win so it goes uh quick step bmc no quick step sunweb bmc that's the one right two, three. yeah okay and uh bmc's last swan song at their uh attempt to to yeah. do all this so i saw tj was on that that uh, tt team but they just didn't quite do it how'd the women look i didn't catch a lot of the the ttt so so I didn't either. Um, Canyon SRAM won the the women's and very impressive. Uh, they finished with all their riders. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And um, I think it was Bulls Dolman was second and Sunweb third, I want to say. Off, I, I probably have it listed here somewhere. Um, but that's what it was. Let's go to the, the results. Yeah, Canyon SRAM, big surprise over Bulls Dolman and Team Sunweb. Nice. Uh, it's. Do you like watching the team time trial? Yeah. <sighs> Yes and no. It's it's interesting to see how 
how the teams have to put it together because it's it's a little different in this format than say a, a grand tour. A grand tour, you're going to have a climber, a sprinter, a couple lead out guys, a couple rulers in there. So you're always trying to balance the the workload so that you can get everybody across the finish line. In this format, you're taking your best time trial guys. So you're not really worried about losing a guy. If you're losing a guy, it's by intention. I mean, he's basically right. selling himself out for a kilometer or whatever it happens to be. So it's interesting to see this format where it's, you know, your best of your best of your best versus a grand tour format where they're, you know, you're, you're making do with the seven or eight guys that you happen to have on hand. So it, it's cool to see the speeds that they're able to carry for the duration of that course. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good discipline to, to, to see. Too bad it's going away. I'd like to see them spice it up a little bit, maybe like really fast descent. Just that's, that's all they do. Just start, <laughs> start at the top team time trial to the bottom uh, ready go. Yeah, I mean it, they're in. <laughs> Their like follow a, car is just an ambulance. Yeah, they must have like uh, some bobsled courses or something they could <laughs> jump into and right just let it rip. Well, let's let's go to the individual time trial. Did you get to see that? Unfortunately, I only caught a very small amount of it. All right. Well, you, you, I'm sure you know the win, the the, the results. You have yeah. Rowan Dennis just crushes Dumoulin and Victor Carpenter's, uh beats him by what, 121. Uh, those two were like a second apart, I right. think. And yeah. um, I, I did make a note here that I did not see. I think it was Campernarts a few years ago had a, a not, not match.com, but he was making a request for dates on his shirt. What jersey didn't he have that? He did. Yeah. It was like a, I forget. You date me. Right? Yeah. So, it's very odd. He got a date and it didn't work out so well. So uh, anyway, Rowan Dennis, very impressive. He's had a good year with individual time trials. Uh, women, Vanavik Van Vluten, um, and she, her Dutch teammates, they also go two, three, and six. But USA were fifth, seventh, and tenth with Lee Thompson, Thomas, sorry, Amber Nieben, and Taylor Weil. So uh, three, three for in the top ten, pretty solid as well. Yeah, and I think Van Vluten is a repeat champion. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think she had a pretty dominant win in this one as well. I don't know the the time gaps, but she crushed it. Yeah, as, as you would expect. Any um, U23 and or, and we could just talk about some real quick over here. Some things that stood out to me were on the juniors and the U23 stuff. Um, the Belgian Remco Evenpole doubles up with a time trial and the gold uh, road race. Pretty In impressive the for the juniors. Juniors, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also heard he just signed with uh, Quick Step. So oh, he's going to nice. actually kind of forgo the U23 route and just go straight there. We'll see what, what happens with him. I don't know if they – they're in the news with transfer market losing Gaviria. You brought that. Right. And um, I, I guess they're having some sponsor troubles. but Yeah, uh, I think it's a financial thing where if they can lose Gaviria and pick up a junior for free, I guess it works in their benefit. But I, I went through the stats on this guy, which were – you know if you go to like cycling, procyclingstats.com, yeah. it's ridiculous – 44 victories in 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, 44 races in 2018. 31 of them victories. He's had five second places, one third. And then all the results were in the top 10, uh, top five, except for four, five, a 40th, an 114th, an HD. I don't know what that is. 11th and a DNF. I, that's a, re- and I think it was his last like 30 races. He, um, or 28 races straight. He won. It's impressive. Yeah, it's not like he's just doing, you know, Lampart crits. I mean, he's over there in Europe uh, riding well, so very yeah. impressive. Uh, another quick uh, quick one there from the juniors, uh, Laura Steger of Austria. That was her hometown. 
So she won oh, in cool. her hometown. Yeah, pretty cool there. And I think she was the junior, right? Correct. I think I read that that was like her second or third actual road race. So I think she comes from a cross background. Okay. So I obviously not she's a second bike. Well, she did have jean shorts on. I don't know if that <laughs> <laughs> looked like it was all new to her. But yeah, I mean, for for that result in your hometown, that's that's impressive. In the in the U twenty three on the TT side, Michael Berg from Action Racing, repeat champion. Oh, is he with Action? Yeah. Okay. So I knew his name sounded familiar, and, and I knew he repeated. Last night he tried to take on the hour record. Okay. Why? Uh, came up about eight hundred meters short of Wiggins' mark, oh. and set the. I think he's Danish. We'll say he is. Uh, set the national record for that. So um, to come up only 800 meters short, being as young as he is, I think uh, he's got a good shot to take that on in the near future. Right, right. That's, well, a double champion. I mean, U23 is no no small feat. I mean, no. you've got Nilsson in there. I don't know if he did. I think he did the time trial. He did in McNulty. McNulty. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those guys didn't have their day, but, you know, U23. Right. Um, any other U23 uh, juniors, women's, TT, ITT that you want to talk about before we just jump right into the road race? No. Okay. Road race. Did you see both of those for the elite men and elite women? No. All right. That's This is going to be exciting. So I saw the last, like I said, 40K of the men's and I saw well, maybe the last 5K of the women's. Well, then you've got it. I yeah. did notice um, the course was interesting. I think this is the reason uh, that Sagan did not win. It wasn't a pure circuit. All of them, you know, last three years that he's won have been circuits. Yeah. I think uh, Abu Dhabi was. I know. I know Hamilton or Richmond. Richmond was, and yeah. last year was. This one was like a point to point with little loops in the, in the, at the end. So, I mean, you know, he you get a circuit, <laughs> he's gonna win. Oh, I, I also said he was too fat. Yeah, I think it may have been the weight issue more so oh, okay. than the the lack of a total circuit race because it was predominantly a circuit race with like a five k spinoff at the end. So maybe it was that well, that's been the first. No, the first hundred k was like a uh, point to point. But that's how Richmond was as well. I didn't pay attention. Okay, they are all like that where they kind of start at one place and they ride fifty miles of high fives to get to the circuits and then there they start a, racing. There was a climb in there, and there was uh, the interesting and the reason I was even looking at this was I was watching the end of the women's race, uh, won by Anna Vanderbreggen. Uh, for the Netherlands, and I'm like, I'm looking. For, I'd be interested to see how they handle that really steep section. Yeah, they didn't do that. They skipped that part. Oh, okay. so they came into town. They did a loop. Yeah. with that climb, and then finished. Hmm. Whereas the men came in, did I think two, and then up that steep 28 percent crap that was just uh, yeah uh, hellish. The finishing climb, you mean? Yeah. So Anna Vanderbreggen wins that. Uh, Amanda Spratt of Australia in second. Uh, Tatiana Guderzo of Italy in third. <clears throat> um, top American was uh, Ruth Winder in 10th place. And I think, you know, I was watching the last bit of that and up the final climb, Corn Rivera is still there in the in the front mix. Hmm. It was pretty impressive. She was hanging on. And I guess she had been off in the break most of the day too. Yeah. So uh, really good riding by her. Now, if I recall, Vanderbergen, she pretty much soloed away from uh, quite a ways out. Right. And just held off everybody. Right. Yeah, for a, a 340 win. Do you have uh, all the results there in front of you? I have the top 10. Where'd Van Vluten finish? Uh, she was seventh. And she and, finished and with a broken knee. She had crashed early on and still was able to gut it out and, and put in that result. So that's, yeah, that's impressive. Seven minutes back, though. I mean, come on. Ah, yeah. What are you going to do? That is that is impressive. No, I saw the headline for that, and it made me queasy, so I didn't click on it. <laughs> 
broken knee explain more is that like dislocated kneecap sure i have no idea okay you didn't look at it either i I saw the headline i was like that's impressive either way something broken right i mean more than just your um, heart and your your aspirations if i get tired i quit so right and then uh ruth winder um just uh a hint there that's a teaser she might be somewhere soon on the 20th (laughs) i wouldn't know i'm not invited right um any other American finishers in there? I thought Katie the, Hall, I think, yeah. was twenty first. She did pretty well, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and so. time wise it was it was she was right there in that mix of She seven. was in that group of finishers, yeah, that was yeah. Right there. So yeah, twenty so, first, yeah. seven minutes back. Yeah. Impressive. Right, it was. Yeah. All right, let's go to the men. So I mean look, that one was uh I think to me, the thing that stands out is a few things, uh, who the winner was, well, the top three, uh, we had been conversing, uh, the night or two before, um, on text. Yes. And you had been watching like more of the younger U23 road races. And you said, Hey, I'd, I don't think it's enough of a climb to really shake out. Uh, it's going to be a pure climbers course. Now, what I hadn't looked at closely enough was that no one else was going up that super steep section. Or riding as long, apparently, and doing as many laps. 256K, right. Makes a difference. Uh, But you've got, this is a great selection of the top 10 here of stage race riders, one day rider. I mean, it's it's climbing climbing guys, but I mean, you got Michael Valgren in seventh who made a valiant effort there at the end. Uh, You know, he's not a a GC guy. Right. But um, anyway, I thought it was really impressive. Um, you want to go through what you thought and maybe some of the results here? Yeah. So like I said, I caught maybe the last 40 K or so I tried to wake up early to catch it live. And it was, um, a situation of really kind of falling asleep and waking up and falling asleep and waking up and kind of catching bits right. and pieces. So when I, when I started watching, there was a break of five away. I think Rob Britton from rally was up there or right. sorry, Rob Britton from Canada was up there, uh, <laughs> Tobias Ludvigsen from, uh, I think he's Swedish. He was up there. So a bunch of really big guys uh, were up there in the breakaway, just kind of setting pace and, and keeping their guys in a position where they could be uh, saving their legs. So, you know, Rob Britton up there working for Michael Woods was was cool to see a small country getting those kind of results. But, it's a uh, pretty big country. Well, okay. Land mass wise. Yes. From a population standpoint, they're... They're not the biggest, but, um, no, I think, uh, it was just really a race of attrition there in the last five, 10 K of who could hang with the leaders going up the steep climb and who couldn't. Um, so really it came down to the top three guys getting over together. They had dropped Johnny Muscon, um, going over the top. And I think, you know, with, with footage, I could see Dumoulin was bridging across over the top, didn't get in contact over the top, was able to connect on the descent, um, and then just, uh, I think he was just too roasted to even contend the sprint there. Yeah. He really had to close that down cause they were working in Mike Woods had said, well, so the top three were, uh, Mike Woods, Robin Bardet and Alejandro Valverde and, and Woods said they all communicated and were committed. And yep. you can see that up until like last 800 meters when they, they stuck Valverde into the, so guys it, that I was expecting to do well, just did not. So I thought uh, Kwiatkowski was going to do really well. He came off, I think, with a lap and a half to go. He just blew up. Um, Alaphilippe, I think we had talked about him being a really good contender. He got dropped in the steep component of the climb. So it's uh, interesting to see how some of that shook out. Both Yates brothers just got blasted out of the back. I think uh, Alaphilippe well, was eighth, and I think he got 
distance right before the super steep stuff. Right. Uh, like the climb before. Anyway, right I in that. I uh, think Bardet put in a big attack right, that right. gapped him off. Right. And then the, the killer one, which is really impressive, was Mike Woods, uh, the last, I want to say, kilometer up that climb, just went to the front dumped out uh Gianni Moscon right and distance Dumoulin Dumoulin was still fighting his way through there and then it was just those three really impressive matter of fact I was watching a section I rewatched some of it last night they're going around this corner and Moscon almost he starts almost like he's attacking yeah and he's I think it's just hey what can I push to actually move uh and he's he's up near the front and then he kind of gets sliding around they're doing this left hand corner and he goes over these ruts and you can see his bike kind of he's trying to move away and as he's doing that woods attacks mm. and it, you could just tell his you know sometimes your body when you're already in a bad state and then you're going over some really rough road where he had to literally move to the right just kind of like did him in i don't know <laughs> if it was the 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 weight of all his uh, racist issues. No, I'm just kidding about that. No, just the the <laughs> too needed much. to find somebody to swing at i guess right right yeah uh, but no, I, I know what you mean. And yeah, it was, it was a really well timed move on Woods's part. And it looked like he and Bardet were, were working really well together up the climb and Valverde was just about to come off. So I think it had been a couple hundred meters longer. It may have been Bardet and Woods going to the line together. Right. And, and what are you going to do? I mean, Alejandro, I'm watching that and I go, the only thing that could help Bardet and Woods in this is this 256 kilometers. Right. But the problem is with, with, uh, Valverde, he's cagey and he has miles and miles in his legs year after year. He does so many races all season. I, yeah, I was. Uh, he goes. He knows to how front. to win, right? And and I, I mentioned to you, uh, you know, if you rewatch uh, uh, Liège, I mean, Woods was second there. He and uh, Bardet get away chasing, and he beats him in the sprint. Right. So he could have done that, but he he said he cramped up. Good for Canada. Yeah, definitely. And um, Dumoulin. Dumoulin did great to to get across. Um, a lot of people were calling for him just to go right through the trio and and just hammer it home. But he was obviously done. I mean, you could see how burnt out he was after the time trial. So it's it was impressive to see him make that bridge because I don't think he was in the middle of that group when they started the the steep ascent. So he must have done some some serious work to to get up to them. He he was. And matter of fact, when I was watching that. Uh, and they're mentioning it. Uh, Moscon's getting distance, and and he's coming up. He's literally doing the page boy, yeah, back and forth up that climb. But he he comes. You know, look, I've been really impressed with him. And there's a lot. There's controversy in the fact that Valverde, you know, with his past and that he's won. Um, but those guys race all season, and I do like right. to see uh, a world champion, a guy that represents this. I mean, you know, what are you going to do there? So, Thibaut Pino, uh, Rui Costa in tenth, Pino in ninth. Alejandro, uh, I'm sorry, Julian Alaphilippe, eighth. Michael Valgren, who had attacked, and they thought maybe he was going to stay away up in seventh. Roman Kreisinger, uh in sixth. Johnny Moscon, Dumoulin, Woods, Bardet, and Alejandro Valverde, as we mentioned. Um, so I didn't know a lot about the course beforehand, other than little bits and pieces that I caught. And then when, um, uh, who was it that put in the big attack there? Valgren? Yeah. I, I thought maybe he had a shot, and then they hit that climb, and it was like, what? What are you thinking? I mean, I guess you're just racing to animate the race, but goodness. Well, yeah, yeah. And look, they hadn't gone over it yet that day, so that's true. I mean, he's hoping, right? Hey, right. you never know. Yeah, but I mean, I that was that was. I don't an know if he would have got seventh if he hadn't have done that. That's true. That's so, true. Um, all right, so some winners and losers for you. Well, who's the top American in that race? Uh, it was either I think it was Brooke Walter at like 68th or something 63rd. like 63rd. 63rd. 14 minutes back, not terrible. 
No, so. I mean he's a he's a good rider, but who are yeah. they who are they pulling? You know, we don't we didn't have a chance, I guess, this year. Right? Yeah, I think unfortunately. I was I was kinda hoping to see I I'm not sure what the plan was from the team's perspective, but I thought this course may have suited Cuss better than his results would suggest. Right. Um I would like to see what he could do at the up that steep climb at the finish. Cause that seems to be kind of his, his game. Right. So I, I'd say it goes back to your first initial comment of the 256 kilometers. This kid's new. He just yeah. came off of, uh, the Vuelta. Matter of fact, you know, I, I think it was a cycling podcast was talking to him midway through and he's like, Oh man, those first 11 days felt great. And then I think the last bit of that tour just wrecked him, you know, yeah, that's what you would expect. A big undertaking. Right. I mean, that's the most he's ever ridden in a, in a time. So, uh, but some win- winners and losers, a world tour in Northern California. Oh, boy. Hang on. Let me get to my notes here. Um, uh, well, your notes are not really indicative of... They're they're particularly relevant for for Worlds, for the World Championship. I said um, Mike Woods, uh, great result, and just good to see him make that next step uh, in terms of his kind of racing career progression. This is a bigger result, I think, than he's had on like Wollonga Hill or something. So it was, it was really cool to see. Also in the woods, train of thought there, Tiger Woods. <laughs> right. I'm not sure if you caught the PGA Tour Championship, yeah. but good to see him get a win in first time in five, six years. So yeah, is it good? It was impressive. You were happy about that. I wasn't so much happy. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. It was just cool to see because the sport needs him in it, and it was cool to see the fan base turn out for for him. The 18th green was a just a total circus. I mean, there were people everywhere. It was cool. So. Great comment, and what does cycling have to do to to get that? I mean, is it Sagan? You know, he just came out with his book, and his book is not going to help. I, I can't imagine that's going to bring people out. It's just, uh, I think Woods has that panache and star power that you know Sagan is is on his way. But if you think about how many years Tiger Woods was the guy, I mean, a decade or more. So Sagan's got to keep at it, and it, it's hard to say if he's got that it thing that that woods has or that lance had so i mean winning's great but in the usa i mean people don't really care about the world championship they care about the tour and so they need somebody that's california exactly well i was thinking of like dubai there you go but yeah they need somebody that's that's going to be a big dominant in your face stage racer and right now i don't think we we have that That's coming up. That's two weeks out. <laughs> Don't forget. I know. No, I, I I agree, and it's it's tough because I mean, what do you you know? The winner is Alejandro Valverde, and he's right. on the top top step. It looks like Jim Furyk took his hat off. I mean, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's going bald. Sweet. Looks like Tiger Woods took his hat uh, off. Oh, I haven't noticed that yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what you do with cycling. You know, we, we had that. I mentioned it in the last one, but <clears throat> you had sent me that that article that long ass article that Neil Rogers wrote about yep. the demise or whatever of USA cycling. Uh, just cycling in general, um, you know, besides the world tour stuff, what are you, what are you going to, I don't know what you're going to, you know, what? maybe it's going to be Floyd Landis and his new team. We can talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, my winners uh, are going to be, I haven't really thought about this much. Oh boy. But, uh, well, well, I'd like to say Ruth Winder. Okay. Uh, top American there. You know, the women do well in cycling, uh, time trialing. They always, they always seem to get there. So she's had actually a good season. Uh, the Giro, I think she won a stage there, I want to say, or had the, the Megla Rosa for a while. Um, top 10 uh, at the at the World Championships, pretty impressive. As far as uh, NorCal goes, I'm going to give it to Linder and his uh, Tarun team. Okay. 
I don't know about losers. Losers, I'd say U.S. men. There you go. I don't know if I... Did I have a, a loser? I didn't know that there was... Oh, boy. I really goofed Italy. this up. Uh, boy. I'll have to come back, hit Kurt up for his winners and losers, and I'll get back to you with a loser here. Kurt is the loser for that. Okay. I'll uh, take that. How about we do... Uh, you want to do some things that make you go, hmm? I'll come, we I'll, can do that, and then hopefully by then I'll come up with something for, for an adequate loser. So okay. The obvious things that make you go, hmm, would be Valverde winning championship at 38 against some very talented racers. Uh, a lot of people are up in arms about it because... Is it the age? Is that the only problem you have? Yeah, definitely. Not anything to do with doping in the past. And, um, well, I mean, and, and I'll let you finish your thought here because the question is, okay, but he half a bike length over Woods and Bardet. Does that mean that those guys are not dirty if he is? No, and or is it just his past, and so you don't want to give him a break for now? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I, I think it's right. you know, if you think about sport, uh, cycling, and then maybe baseball are the two biggest that get doping attached to them or or PED use, and you know we're trying to turn this corner as a sport and be a clean sport, and then the guy that wins the world championship is a former doper, never apologized, never admitted any wrongdoing claimed innocence and just absolutely schooled everybody else out there. And it's just like, uh, great. Is that really what we need? Um, he served his time, Chris. That's true. And you can't fault him for that. And allegedly he's still, you know, never failed the test. Right. So he's got to be clean. Um, and I'm not suggesting that he's, he's doping or anything, but it's just, it seems like cycling didn't want him to win. Like for the most part, folks that saw the finish were probably pulling for Woods or Bardet or Dumoulin in I, that, I, I in would that agree. foursome. So I would agree with that. What are you going to do? Uh, but like you said, he, he races a lot. He is an active racer. He races in a lot of different types of races, whether it's the Ardennes classics or stage races. So it'll be a good opportunity for the Jersey to be kind of uh, represented throughout the year next year. And I think he's doing Lombardia as kind of his, mm. uh, his first hit with that Jersey on. So, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll represent it. I mean, the guy, I, I feel the same way. <clears throat> and I think part of my problem is too, is, uh, Spain l- loves him. Uh, Contador, same thing. And they don't give it seem to give a crap if you've been had some issues, but, uh, they don't like Froome. Right. But they'll they'll love their embrace their own guy. So whatever. Right. It, maybe it's the hypocrisy that makes me not like him. Yeah, and, and it's s- not really his fault. And since Kurt's not here, I did have a second thing that makes you go hmm. And it's right. uh, kind of blending some road and cyclocross. It was interesting to see Wout Van Aert dump his team and kind of hit out on his own. So I think as of today or yesterday, he's now officially on his own team racing by himself for cyclocross, and he tore up his contract with Willems Krellens joker sniper whatever team he was on before um so that opens him up to i think being in a position to be on a world tour team next year i think he's linked to lado yumbo i think they'll just be yumbo next year does he have but to sit out or would they have to buy out his contract then i think his contract is done so you, you're saying 2019 he's he's good to go i believe so yeah, yeah I, obviously just, there's going to be legal battles with his former team but once that kind of someone will foot the bill yes. to to have that taken care of i would think so i yeah. mean like buy out and it'll be it'll right. be fine so yeah it was interesting to see that play out because you've got a lot of people doing kind of mid-season transfers right now but just to see somebody say yeah I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. So Gaviria, 
uh, he announced that as well. And it's still in the transfer season, so he can do that. The, the article I read wasn't sure because he's going to UAE Emirates. Right. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was being bought out or if it was a transfer. I, 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 I don't know. I imagine um, it sounded also like Quick Step was kind of given the blessing of this. I think, yeah, yeah Quick Step was probably money. like, yeah. We only had 69 wins. Right. But now what it'll be interesting to see what that not to completely take up your um, things fine. that make you go hmm time. It'll be interesting to see what his performance is like next year because everybody that's been on Quick Step from a sprinter's perspective and has been really dominant has really benefited anybody from, on that team. Has benefited from their just incredible lead out. Right. Like Kittle left and he sucks. So how dependent was Gaviria on the lead out and will he have a, a similar result? And then does that put Viviani in a position to jump into the lead sprinter role? And will he be the guy at the tour now or how's so that going to shake out? I'm just speculating. I think Viviani's success this year um, helped this decision. Yep. Like, okay, we can't afford to keep this guy. I mean, and I was also very impressed with Gaviria all year, uh, especially in the tour of his ability to to he basically you know jump on one guy and he would do, he had great lead outs right but then he 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 does well it's not like i mean he he does well yeah, and he's yeah. young and he's he's got some talent so i don't know it'll be interesting to see that i wonder if uh if that opens a spot at quick step i don't know what their financial situation is what about christoph wasn't he with uae yeah he is but eh. Eh. Didn't he win uh, most pies at? I think so. Uh, no, he didn't. He won uh, stage twenty one at the tour. Yeah, I think. I so. mean, there was nobody there he's sprinting with, but right. um, but Kittle's just had a terrible run at Katusha. I wonder if he'd take a pay cut and kind of come back, come back to Quick Step and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm a head case." I don't know. You give him some some nice shampoo and gel. I think he'd he'd take it. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got for things that make you go, hmm? Okay, so I was going to do real quick. Uh, oh, this is not going to be quick. I see your talking point. No, it, the talking point. What do you got? Residency for the state <laughs> district championship. So there was some some hubbub or some issues about, I don't know, in the time trial about who qualifies. So I just thought I'd, I'd looked at the rule book. I, first of all, I don't This think, is the worlds we're talking about? <laughs> important stuff? State district uh, NCNCA. Oh, okay. And um, look, I, this is the be all end all, but I just thought I'd. I'd read a few little things here. Elite? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's in your district. So gotcha. each the, the rule book is USA Cycling. They allow you to do um, form associations, and those associations can be multiple districts or they can be s- multiple states. Okay. You are allowed to basically form. So we have, it's not just like Oregon, okay? Right. This is North, NCNCA, Northern California, Nevada Cycling Association. So we yes. formed up with sections of Nevada. Just the have, northern half, I assume? Uh, probably. Yeah. Okay. So it's like mid-Atlantic racing where they incorporate four or five states into this is our racing district. Right. And gotcha. so then there's a Southern California one. Right. And it says, though, if you if you have those two, you can only have one district slash state championship for that district. You okay. don't get to have one in, in California and then one in Nevada that covers the two. It's it's one. Yeah. So, but that's the way it is. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's that's the jurisdictional issue, and you could have it called a district, or it could be called a state, and we're a district here, even though it's just kind of the this northern part of the state. What do we call it? What I think the Jerseys say, state champion, don't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. State of Jefferson champion. That's got to be confusing for the uh, the casual fan that sees a Northern California rider riding with a Southern California rider, and they're both state champions. Um, the that's casual person doesn't need to know what's going on. It's like, oh, that's a cool jersey. Uh, 
and that's what we do. We have like so many divisions and championships and whatever right. that it's, uh, it's, it is confusing. Okay. So then the eligibility issue, um, this is section seven J three eligibility part a to be eligible for a state championship Jersey. And once again, state could be district da, 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 or medal. A rider must hold a current USA cycling annual license and reside in the state as shown on his license. Now, is so, that the state in which they're planning to compete, or do they just have to live in the state in which their license is attached? USA Cycling annual license and reside in the state as shown on his license. Okay. So, if you move out mid-season, are you required to get a new license? I think that, that jurisdiction holds you on that license until the next year. I would agree with that, because it's an annual license, but I think it's unclear as to whether or not I can go and win the Washington State Championship. If my license says I'm in California and I live in California, it doesn't say in that rule that I can't go win in Washington. Well, it does. It says um, you must hold a current... Because you've got to show your license in that state. It doesn't say competing in that state, though. It just says you have to live in the license as shown on your state. Right. Why can't I win a championship outside of my state? Well, does your license say California or Washington? It says California. Well, then you can't go outside your state. Why? Because that state can only um, give you a championship for the district to which you are, are licensed in. I interpret the rule differently. Uh, well, let's go back up here to local associations may offer state championships for specific categories and or events that are uh, not being offered as a national championship. Local associations may offer only offer different combinations of categories found at the, however, okay, that's not the one I'm looking at. Um, there was one that said that only that uh, allocated da, 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 race structures, local associations may combine several states into association, regional, da, da, da. Local associations may offer state championships for specific categories or events that would not be offered. I just read that part. Um, the way I read 7J3A so to be eligible for a state championship jersey or medal it doesn't say for the one in which you're competing it just says to be eligible for a state championship jersey or medal a rider must hold a current USAC license and reside in the state as shown on his license but it doesn't say competing in the district in which you reside well, I th- uh, when a local association comprises more than one state, all riders of the local association are eligible for at least one state championship, depending on which state it's offered them. Uh, you may have a, a little loophole. I don't think that would be the intent of what they're saying. Um, What's more important, the intent or the letter of the law? Well, there's usually both. Right. I work toward whichever one is in my benefit. So I, I think it, it may be just a poorly written rule. Right. Well, here's the here's the problem. Okay. You have a narrow view. Let's just even step back. <laughs> no, no, which is great. So then the question is, who, what is resides in the state? Because that could be a problem too. Is it, is it well, I, I come and I do business here and I'm here once a month. Is that residency? I mean, you know, in law, we have a whole issue about residency. There's case law where someone moved to New Orleans to go to school lived there all through college, da, 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 but their residency was still back in their home state mm-hmm. because it depends on what their intent is. I don't think that, I don't think that's the extent to what we have here. Right. Uh, and the, the thing. But here's the problem. It says, any questions regarding residency will be determined by USA Cycling. So that comes actually ultimately comes up to that. I think what it's saying is you can only get um, 
well, you have to, I don't know, if, I don't know if I know anymore, Kurt, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I know that there are some people that have. And I'm not trying to resolve the, the issue at play. I no, just no. thought I would try to look at the rule yeah. and, and, and walk through it. So and I think the rule is a little vague because I know there are some folks I, I, out I totally there agree. from a TT perspective that have kind of prided themselves on trying to win as many district championships as possible. So other districts um, have allowed, say, Northern California rider to go to Texas or Chicago, which isn't a state, but Illinois, um, New York, et cetera, to, to win the district championship. And I... I know that other folks have done it, so I don't think you necessarily have to live in the district in which you're competing. And the rule doesn't say that you have to live in the district in which you're competing. You just have to live in the district that your state or that your license is attached right. to. So, I mean, the, you look at the 7J3E, uh, when a local association comprises more than one state like ours would, mm -hmm. all riders in the local association are eligible for at least one state championship, depending on which states are. So I guess I was wrong. Um, if Nevada decides to offer one, yeah, which they did, they did this can, year. You can do, you can, you in this district, you're eligible for both. Yes. All right. Fuck. Who cares? But who knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, this was um, what? Yeah. Who? Huh? <laughs> I think this was the most riveting part for Kurt. He was. I, I think he'll be disappointed to have not been able to participate in this discussion I, I mean he, he could participate we can uh, maybe he'll send me a, an audio file and we'll just throw it in i think he will insert um, kurt here and we're done that was stupid no that was that was good i think um that came up actually as a big well again these are all relative terms that was a big hubbub two three years ago with the pescadero right. elite road race where the uh, race director there said all other district riders need not apply well, they showed up. Guys showed up from Southern California, yeah. and then he's like, "You can't, you can't race." And I think they had actually paid. Yes, they did, and they said, "Huh." So it sucks. My understanding from that, and and look, maybe we can get some clarification at this banquet. Ooh, is that they said, "Okay, you're you're eligible to participate." It'd be like core states back uh, when US used to do at Philly. Um, everyone race, but we're going to take the top one that's actually in the district that's eligible, what they consider eligibility for right. that district. Right, that makes sense. Uh, which I'm perfectly fine for. Uh, they should just put a little dot on their helmet so that you know which one, which guy not to race against. That would be good, yeah. All right, well, any, anything else in that one? I mean, I, I'm not passing judgment on, on the whole situation. It just looks, as you can see, that there needs to be some clarification. Does there? No, not, not really. Okay. Um, last thing that makes you go, hmm, is, uh, at least for me, is, and uh, get your comment on this. Please. Uh, came out in the news this week that um, Floyd Landis yes. um, is starting a Continental team. Um, do you know if it's Continental Pro or a Conti team? Wait, wait for it. Let me ask you to go a little bit further. Just clear this out. So he got his award, his settlement, you can move. He got his settlement from um, Lance Armstrong federal case. I think it was around $5 million. He said after yes. paying attorneys, love you attorneys, he gets like 750000 But of that $750,000, he's invited anybody that donated to his previous defense fund to get a refund. So that seven fifty might drop a little. Oh, crap. So, so. These, this, uh, But he sounds like he's still starting a team no matter what. Yes. I mean, I, I think Floyd's of Leadville has been doing okay. I, they're into like cycling products, right? Like um, I think nutritional he, drinks and... Yeah. Uh, oils and right. I don't know CBD oil. You, yeah. you checked any of that out? Nope. All right. But anyway, 
Um, to answer your question, I don't think it's pro Conti. I think it's just Conti because okay. I think pro Conti has um, additional guarantee, financial. The bank guarantee might be the seven fifty. Yes. What? And the bank guarantee for pro Conti might right. be almost seven fifty. Yeah, I mean you've got because you got to hit minimum wages, and the minimum wages aren't that small, so it must be a Conti team. And I think Silver. Which is he? He's taking over Silver Racing from mm, Canada. Okay. They'll still stay in Canada, a Canadian-based team. He's the primary sponsor. I guess he's got a buddy from his historical racing days. I think on Mercury or something. Gord Fraser. Yeah. Well, that's who used to run uh, Silver. So he's going to stay on and continue okay. to run the team. And um, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. It's it's a great move. It's just I don't know how long he can bankroll it if he's going to seek out other sponsors to try and help keep it going because I don't know how far 750k goes for a Conti team between rider salaries, staff salaries, bikes, travel, all that stuff. Well, with um, with the demise of some of the teams this year, I mean, if if nothing else, it gives those guys some of them maybe uh, a chance to to get a job for at least another year. Yeah, I mean that's, that's sucks, but that's kind of the way cycling goes so good for him and i saw love and hate uh all in one on twitter because that's what we do we don't sure. have any nuance um regarding this i get it some people are like i mean i like the fact that he's like basically whatever i got i'm just putting into cycling okay yeah but so we hate floyd would, landis but uh well, we Alberti lo- can win the world championship right uh or we love phil uh floyd landis but we still la- hate lance but he did use lance's money that's true. So is Lance technically funding a, a Conti team? Uh, notice, Lan- I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, willingly. Not willingly, but yeah. Um, other things of note, I think um, the Worlds was Megan Guarnier's last race. I think she's retiring. Okay. So she's a, I think, roundabout NCNCA rider. Okay. So she had a great Congrats career. And then I saw today that the 2022 Worlds was awarded to Belongong in Australia. All right, that's it for this week's episode 88 of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Cycling news, commentary, analysis, and interviews from Northern California. And this week, brought to you by Health IQ. That's healthiq.com slash btw to check out the rates that are best for you. As always, subscribe, share the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, or whatever podcast service you use. For this week, the show is also on our Between Two Wheels podcast YouTube channel. Check Chris and I out side by side. Interact with us on our Facebook page by searching Between Two Wheels. That's the number two. And the links will be in the show notes found in the description of this feed. Take care.